Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Dear JCPS is a district-focused stakeholder advocacy group that demands accountability and transparency from JCPS through a lens of equity. Save Our Schools Kentucky is a statewide advocacy group that seeks to expose and prevent attempts to privatize our public schools, including charter schools and everything else from the ALEC playbook. Uh, Dr. Randy Week is a teacher, a social studies, U.S. social studies or history teacher? Let me make sure I get that right. Social studies, U.S. history at DuPont Manual. Manual. And he is also a candidate for JCTA. He's running for the treasurer position. We also had Chris Toby on our program. Chris is the author of Kentucky Fried Pensions. There is an updated version of his book. Please go check it out. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah, I have a question for you, Chris. All right, Bob. Brent's been flogging this chart that I sent you. And I know it's got it where he makes it look as if people in this hybrid plan will do just fine if they just do their 27 years, which I don't believe for a minute because the state's putting less in, they're putting less in, and the people managing the 401k have to get a cut. So I would like to be able to dispute that. But you know I cannot do math. Yeah, but you, you you know more math than most. I mean, I don't see. I don't. It's that's all. It's actuarial stuff, and it's just so many different games people are playing. And Randy and I have been back and forth with some of this stuff too. It's like we can spin it. There's there's a hundred different ways you can spin the thing, but it just doesn't make sense. You put less money in, you're not going. And it's the same investment stuff that you do now. Well, you put less money in. And somebody's getting a cut on top of that. The, yeah. I don't know jack about math, but that doesn't make sense to me that you have, you know, we're putting in 13%, that's matched at 13%. And they're putting eight, that's matched by eight. And then somebody gets a cut of part of that. How can that work out the same? You just have to keep asking that question very simply like that and then let them come up the lies that fill that in. It's like, well, if somebody does this or that or blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's all kinds of games of math they can play, but I think you're, you just answered your own question. You just basically just go out and say what you just told me, which is something everybody can understand and is mathematically correct, and just keep saying it and repeating it. Exactly, and kind of along the same lines about the election, the electronic election system. Uh, it's not our job to prove it. It's their job to prove they're not. Proof, even even if we can't legally put the burden of proof on them, their members can. Why aren't their members making more demands for them to prove that we are the ones who are lying? Prove us wrong. Okay. So, um, and, and Rand, Randy's kind of in the same, Randy and I have been back and forth with some of the same stuff back and forth with these the actuarial formulas and Jerry Miller's and it's just like you know you just have to kind of you know they're not doing they're not they're not changing anything for anybody's benefit here no teacher's benefit I mean if they're going to make a change it's to reduce costs which reduce benefits yeah I mean it's like so I mean maybe it's not you know reducing it as badly as it could or should or would or Let's say, but you know, it's, it's this, 
it, it's just games. Why why mess with it if it you know why why do something different? There's no magic here. Money just doesn't come out of this magic and that you know our magic investments aren't any better for the 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 new employees as they are for the old employees it's the same same stuff they're doing so it's no just i think you just had to keep it simple like that and just keep almost ans asking those questions again and again and again and when they when they and they'll, they'll have answers they have all these fancy answers that will go around they'll talk around circles for a week so i don't know um there's no, there's no like magic thing I can say. Well, see here, this, that. Your, your, your question, you know, Vaughn, your question itself is better than anything I could come up with. That really is the crux of it. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. So one of the things that I noticed they like to, to throw out at us is that your numbers are outdated. So I think that they forget that you wrote a new version of the book. But um, would you mind sharing the newest numbers so that we can say, you know, that old, the first book that everybody's familiar with may be outdated, but it, those numbers don't change. First of all, they're still accurate. The thing is, is it's even worse now. Like, let's get, let's not only validate the outdated numbers, but show them what the, the new numbers are as well. Is that, uh, what is your response when you hear them say that your numbers are outdated? Oh, I, I just don't know what, but I don't know what numbers we're talking about. There's so many different numbers. I, I mean, think it's the so, one that Randy has. Yes, that one. It only goes through 2016. What's it go to? 14. All right. Look, when you get into number arguments with people like that, you don't. I don't care about numbers. What the the thing I'm caring about on these the the on the investment part. This is completely different. Now these numbers are completely different than the actuarial numbers that that Yvonne's talking about. We're arguing about the investment stuff is a whole different set of numbers. This is just these Wall Street guys getting rich and kicking back to Brent somehow. Now, you know, with the investment numbers, what we do know is that they teacher still does not disclose the full fees paid to Wall Street. They say that, oh, it, our contracts. Uh, say they're secret, they're secret, so we can't break our contracts. So we're going to violate state law because we think the guys on Wall Street are more, we're more afraid of them than we are, or, or than we are of, of anybody in the state. Now, the state auditor in 2019 called them out for breaking transparency laws, the teacher's retirement system. The, in July of 2020, the attorney general called them out for, uh, you know, especially Blackstone and some others not disclosing the full fees paid in these investments. So you don't even have to talk about numbers with the investments. It's just they're for secrecy. They're for secrecy because, you know, you can hide kickbacks better when you've got secret bids and secret no-bid offshore contracts. So that, that issue is completely separate, different. It's better not even using numbers because, uh, you know, we don't even – the, the, you know, the KRS discloses twice as much as teachers, but they're still not disclosing everything. You know, is it 200? But the, the type of dollars we're talking about that we're paying to these vendors is probably about a couple hundred million a year, which is not chump change. And in secret no-bid contracts going offshore, and then, you know, for when somebody gets that much money, they can easily afford to kick back a few million here or there. And this is where all Brent's power comes from, 
is those kickbacks. This is where I'll, he has two super PACs. He's got the he's got the one you all know about. That he's got that other one, Kentucky uh, the key pack. Kentucky values. One. Oh, there's yeah. another one that in addition to key pack. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not key pack. Then there's the Kentucky values. He pretty much runs that one. That's the big one, I think. Really, we need to do a little digging. Sure, we do. So you said something earlier. Uh, you said, I think your words were, and the money gets kicked back to Brent somehow. And I want to broaden that scope and uh, not it, just- It usually gets get picked back to those dark, those, those super packs and dark money. Things. Right, I was going to say, we're not saying that it's going in Brent's pocket. We're saying that Brent then gets to dole it out. And it could explain why, one, he keeps so much tight control over who sits on the decision-making uh, sits in the decision-making seats for BSK, uh, but also why he's so chummy with and refuses to renege on endorsements of key players such as Jason Nemes. Like, it really just begs the question why there are so many uh, uh, familiar names that keep coming up. And not only that, but also uh, I want to just raise the concern. I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but I think it's curious that Antonia Lindauer's name keeps popping up on the committee related to uh, the elections around BSK and uh, Lindauer, her father was the property value assessment, PVA. Property valuation administrator. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, to, I know her parents well. I know both of them. And it makes you just think that there are some introductions being made and some some uh, influence, power and influence uh, being utilized in in those situations. Well, it's all part of the same big money, mate. Let me give you, uh, Levon, the. The guy they brought in to run Kentucky Values is a neighbor of mine. Um, he he was he was um, he was kicked out of New Mexico um, for uh, he was Bill Richardson's chief of staff, David Contravino, and I think Stumbo and Britt brought him in to Kentucky to run a. And what he was doing, he was extracting money from the New Mexico pension people into their super PAC. And he's continued to do that in this Kentucky, it's Kentucky family values or something. You know, but, but I think Brent's the main, I think Brent's one of the main, is the main player, but power behind that. Interesting. And he may have another super PAC or another nonprofit that we're not, that, that he's probably got some influence around too. I was there's hardly a, any reporting with super PACs. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's PACs make you yeah. report, and super PACs are dark money that you don't know anything about. But there's other dark money things, too, Yvonne, out there, these nonprofits and other things, too. I, I can't tell you those aren't the only ones. I mean, Brent, Brent's playing that game big time. And there's so much money going out of that teacher's retirement system that, you know, they could fund quite a few with that. And that's where all his power comes from, it's that money coming from – these Wall Street guys, I think. I mean, I mean, where else does this power really come from? It's not that much money to use. I mean, I think this is where it's coming from, the bulk of it. And let me ask you if I have a pretty good grasp of different ways that money could be coming out. Um, there's the secret no-bid contracts, so whatever the management fees are. There's the investments themselves, so like the Blackstones and the what have you that Randy filed a lawsuit against, right? They're, they're charging uh, fees and perhaps also sending some checks 
um, out of the performance. So there's the, the management fees, then there's also the performance because the performance of the pensions has been way under historical uh, so like indices that would be of similar investments as well, right? Well, it's and so hard to tell because these are all secret no-bid contracts and there's no, no pricing on them, there's no disclosure. So it's so hard to prove the, the, prove the negative, but you do know you've got so much of that money. It easily, these Wall Street guys could be making 200 million a year off the teacher's retirement system and how much do they kick back? Is it 5%, you know, and 5% five, 5 is 10 million a year. That's still a good chunk of money. Is it 10%? Well, it could be 20 million a year. Well, then I'm sure he's not a very good negotiator. I think he doesn't leave because as soon as he does. Well, it's, it's tough to negotiate because the thing is, if you ask for too much money, see, they're playing both sides. The attorney general, the Republicans want to take over this, the teacher's retirement system board so that Brent doesn't control the money any, anymore that they do. Damon Thayer is controlling it now. So we may see a last minute attempt here for uh, in the legislature here because they have veto proof to uh, do something with the teacher's retirement system board because- Which they've they, tried already once. They tried it once. They're going to try it again because they, they know that's where all Brent's power comes from. That's where a lot of the Democratic money in the whole state comes from too. Unfortunately, we don't have that many sources of income. I mean, you know, there's not that many people who legitimately give money uh, in state. And so they have, this is a big, big deal for, um, so the Republic, but you know, the Republicans aren't going to be doing the right thing either when they get in there. It's not like, you know. Right. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. I used to work in financial services and what we used to do is hypotheticals to show the performance of a certain fund compared to the market, compared to mm -hmm. similar investments over time. And uh, one of the, whether, whether the money is being siphoned out in the fees, the no-bid contracts that are the, you know, the 3% for just managing the money, or if they're actually like using the investment, the pool of investment money itself and putting it into investments that, you know, hedge funds, I know they say they don't have hedge funds, but they do have alternative investments. So they're just using a technicality and saying, oh, it's not really a hedge fund, but it really kind of is, or who cares? It's yeah. private equity, they admit to that. Let's just call it alternative investments. Um, if yeah. you had a portfolio that, that matched the kind of risk that we know uh, that the pension has been taking over the last 10 or 20 years, and you compare it to uh, how it's performed, you compare how it, how it has performed compared to how similar types of investments have performed, you, you see six to 10% difference, do you not? Has anybody charted that? Well, yeah, there, there's a real easy comparison in Kentucky that you can see between the three systems. The judicial and legislative use pretty much straight stocks and bonds, none of this uh, alternative crap. They're way above, they're one of the top performers in the country. Teachers has about 10%, of, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of these alternatives, and they're kind of in the middle Kentucky Retirement Systems has 30 to 40% of this crap, and they are toward the bottom. So, you know, it's teachers is teachers can actually say they're not one of the worst because there's this stuff is so bad everywhere else, too. So they kind of go in and say, well, I mean, Brent, Brent, Brent and I had this discussion when, you know, I went and talked to him about the treasures race. I sat with Brent, and Brent goes, is it really that bad? I said, well, you know, this stuff is still high fee stuff. It's 10%. You know, we're not, you know, we're doing, they say, well, we're not doing that much more than other people. Yeah, but still, 
it's a lot, it's a high fee. And I, you know, I didn't get into accuse them or, you know, that type of thing, but you know, I've had that discussion directly with Brett and um, you know, it's, it's there, but it's, it's a great, uh, you know, fundraising. And I think, you know, question, of course, my question is who controls that fundraising dollar now at KRS? I think it right now, since Bevin is kind of a vacuum, Bashir doesn't have the vote. So Damon Thayer has kind of stepped in and taken over the vacuum of controlling the kickbacks out of KRS right now. Now, Bashir might be able to take it back over in a year, and he really wants to because he needs to get his people in there, uh, Tommy Elliott and whatever, to go back in and start fundraising for his governor's race. So he wants to fundraise off of KRS. Of course, he wants to he, – Bashir is expecting money from TRS too, through dark money stuff too. So part of the deals that Brent's going to be dealing with, with Bashir for re-election, of course, is that's why Bashir is going to touch Brent because Brent's going to give him a bunch of money from these sources into the governor's race too. That's just it. They're, they're treating Brent like, like any, if he's doing something the next union president won't do, that's a problem. Like it's not Brent, it's, it's that position. And, and, and it's. Well, no, Brent, Brent because JCTA is so powerful and KEA is not, he has stepped in the vacuum and it basically taken control of the pension plan that way. Brent has been able to do that. Right, but if he gets replaced, because there's an election coming up in, in less than two weeks, are you aware of it? Yeah. That? If he gets replaced, what happens to that money? Uh, who knows? I mean, the, I mean, I would assume that somebody will step in, the KEA or the governor will cut, step in and just tell the KEA and the board members just to follow direct. Then, then they'll get a new bundler probably involved. Um, well, Brent may still be involved. Brent, Brent might Brent, Brent, Brent not be beating the election. He may still run the money. But don't you think that the new leadership would be onto something being up? No. Really? They're clueless. I don't. I don't think most of KEA is clueless to this. I don't think any new leadership would even have a clue of what's going on. But don't you think they could be looking for things and say no more, like cut him off? I, I just don't understand why they don't have the power to cut him off. And so if that's the case, why does he need to stay in power so much? See, I think the reason he needs to stay in power so much is because he will lose the, this access. And so will all of his people. Well, he'll gradually lose power. I mean, it'd be, you know, uh, remember the, the, the teacher's board he is who actually controls it. We got to stop. The, we got to plug the holes. They're, they're, it's a leaky sieve. How do we stop the leaky sieve? Yeah, I mean, well, you got it's got to for uh, uh, on the investment side, you just have to enforce the laws, and unfortunately, that might require a Republican. But you know, we're we're in the thing right now. We don't know if the Attorney General is just going to go in and give uh, Blackstone a five million dollar fine and claim he did this great thing, right. and to them, that's you know, that's chump change for a week's worth of fees, you know. Yeah, exactly. That, and then they'll give him, they'll give him and Mitch a big uh, uh, donation to uh, his super PAC, you know. So I, you know, Cameron's such a, I don't trust him on this um, either because he'll sell out, you know, um, sell out in a second uh, on the other direction. Right. And what I, as a taxpayer, what I'm concerned about is neither, there's corruption on both sides and I want corruption on neither side. I want, I want teachers to be getting every penny that they deserve uh, in their pensions. They need to stop. Yeah, yeah. It's the theft. So I want to share with you, speaking of Blackstone, I'm sharing my screen, uh, this letter 
you tell us a little bit about the letter that I have pulled up here? Okay, Stephen Schwartzman is the, the, the largest vendor in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. He makes more money than any road contractor or anybody, but nobody in Kentucky can tell you who he is because we just don't want to look at that. We don't care. We're, this is a guy who called, who said that compared Obama to Hitler for threatening his taxes. I mean, this guy has been around for a while. He threw himself a $5 million birthday party with Rod Stewart. Um, Schwartzman's been, Schwartzman is one of the, he's probably worth $50 billion. So he's not, he's not Bill Gates. He's not quite Bill Gates or any of those, but he is in the top, you know, top 10 of the billionaires. And, um, he is probably makes more money off of state Kentucky state taxpayers than any individual from both teachers and, and retirement systems, but he buys both sides. He buy, they buy everybody off everywhere. So that's why you won't hear about him and the media won't doesn't like to go after him either touching. So, wait, so you said the top vendor in Kentucky, meaning of all the vendors in the, in the entire spectrum, not just investments or whatever. I think so. I think Blackstone's, hundred, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not top, they're right up there, you know, hundred million dollars. I mean, by far the most profitable. Some people may have some big contracts, but you know, if you're the health plan, you got a contract for a hundred million, they've got cost of, you know, I would say of the most profitable contracts, they're the most profitable contract in the state of Kentucky. It's all secret. It's actually a series of seven or eight secret no bid contracts between the two different um, pension plans. So um, he has... Mm -hmm. And at one time, they had 27 executive branch lobbyists in Kentucky. Now I think it's like 15. And but they'll claim that they don't, they don't, they don't lobby, don't give money to anybody. They they have no influence at all. But they have that many lobbyists in Frankfurt. Um. So this guy Schwartzman is everywhere. He is giving money to, you know, he's he's giving money to Mitch. He gives money, but the the. Uh, uh, the Blackstone people will give the Democrats too to cover their butts. So um, he's just, um, this is just a more of a social justice view of him. Whereas, you know, I've been more of a technical, you know, look at more from a technical. I just thought this is more interesting, especially to our people in Kentucky. And I sent this to some of our legislators like Attica Scott and, and uh, Lisa Wilner and a few of them to see if they could put a letter together like the state, the, the progressive legislators in New York did saying, why are we giving this guy money? You know, he's just, he's just an awful individual. I mean. That is a very, very good question. And so the teacher's pension, tell us how the teacher's pension ties into this guy. So the teacher's pension um, has contracts of Blackstone, probably paying him, you know, at least 10, 20 million a year. So the teacher's pension in secret no-bid contracts pays the Blackstone Group. Now, Schwartzman is the majority owner of it, so how much of it directly going to him? But it's in the, you know, it's in the millions per year. And no one knows who he is, or nobody wants to know who he is. And he's clearly on the wrong side of uh, the social justice, racial justice issues. Oh, well, and he's on the long, probably on the wrong, he probably supports charter schools too. And then there are a lot of, you know, I've found this in the past, and Randy and I have talked about it, that a lot of these private equity and hedge fund guys are all big charter school supporters too. Right. But nobody, everybody TRS looks the other way because everybody's getting kicked by, you know. Yeah, nobody, playing the soft approach to fighting all of these things that we're fighting. They keep yelling at us when we want to fight instead of yelling at the people that are taking from our schools. And it's really conspicuous in, from where I sit. 
You got it, Kay. That's right. That's exactly right. They kill the messengers whenever they can. Yep. And yep. Randy uh, has been doing this longer than me. Chris, you've been doing this longer than me. And they've been attacking and discrediting you uh, since I first figured out what was going on or started asking questions, I should say. And Randy, yeah. you filed a lawsuit against uh, several private equity firms, including Blackstone, in 2014. Is that correct? Yes. And another one in 2015. And we had a, a, a number of um, people sign on to the second one, but they were both of the same um, genre or ilk. They were against the secret contracts that TRS had signed with a bunch of companies like Blackstone and Kohlberg, Gravis and Roberts, Carlisle Group, and they wouldn't reveal the fee structure and how much those companies were taking on a yearly basis from TRS. And Chris helped me with that. I have to. No, you got, you got the base, you got it down. And, yeah, uh, well, you that, did, that, you, that, helped, you helped with the lawsuits. You, yeah, I mean, you that's the me basic. Now, now the thing is, uh, Cameron has a lawsuit going too, telling about him violating the law too. Now Cameron, the original lawsuit was just KRS, but Cameron added TRS into the lawsuit. And that's I'm sure that's, great. The, and that's to do with politics, more in partisan politics, is they want to cut, they want to cut, they want to cut, um, they, they want to cut Brent's money source as well. Uh, but they don't just want to cut it, they want to take it for themselves. Yeah, we would not have a net gain. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I mean, you can make the argument you're better off with Brent controlling it than them. <laughs> the devil we know. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, so that's the whole thing. But I just thought this is a different perspective here of, of a social justice angle to this as well, where we've had the charter school angle for a long time, and everybody's pretty much turned a blind eye to that as well. I mean, they bought off all the teachers' unions is basically what they've done. But, I mean, you would think the charter schools would be pretty obvious. But... Well, and we just had House Bill 149 introduced uh, a couple of days ago, right before the, they went on break, and that's the voucher bill. So vouchers is their bush, big push right now, but we all know that that's the same. It's just the same. It's different ways to get at the same uh, set of funds. This is, a, I'm just reading some of the words in this letter. It's quite striking. Uh, well, I just thought this is just another to get to, this is easier for people who, who don't know math and don't know investments to get involved with this kind of divestment issue from a, um, you know, uh, divestment issue. It's, it makes it easier for people that more of your traditional activist people to get involved in this than the more complicated things that I've had before, you know, the, so the, even charter schools. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the letter demands that they suspend all campaign contributions to the Republican Party, its associated entities, and all Republican candidates until every Republican member of Congress who incited, enabled, or supported the insurrection or voted against anything certifying all the electoral votes from the 2020 presidential election is removed from office. Now, I noticed that that's vague enough language that it won't trickle down to Brent. It won't trickle down to JCTA. So how do we, as, as concerned citizens, add additional pressure to make sure that the union and the pension also divests from whatever's going on here. Cause that's what we, that's what members need to know is that their pension money also is still being donated. 
it's being used to undermine democracy because Schwartzman and um, Blackstone have no requirements to open their books and be transparent. And so the union, by blocking transparency, is indirectly undermining democracy through Stephen Schwartzman and Blackstone. And hypothetically, what does that money transfer process look like? How is money getting out of the pensions or out of teachers' paychecks? If it's not the investment money itself, it might just be from the paychecks themselves. To no, it's, it's, it's once it's invested, it's yeah. excessive fees. Fees and or the performance. Fee. It could come out of the, like the performance could just be reported lower than it actually is because they just. They're well, they, the don't, they, they, don't, they don't report performance lower than it actually is. They usually report it higher than it actually is um, because that way they can take more performance fees. It's all, for them, if they don't care about, I mean, performance, you know, the, the people, the Wall Street guys, all they care about is their fees and making themselves billionaires. I right, mean, but I want to point out that there's another way. And in fact, our former governor used to be a hedge fund manager. And so if the, whoever's managing the pension money says, here's $50 million to Blackstone, Blackstone gets to decide how they're going to invest that money, and they might invest it in their buddy's solar plant that's really a, a front. Or in oh, yeah, I mean, I mean but, but, but they're so good at that. They're, they're so professional at it. They've got 30 or 40 of those scams going at the same time. Exactly. And there's no reporting. There's no transparency anywhere. So there's no anywhere. You just don't know and what's... Going up, yeah. It probably started as a little thing here and a little thing there, and everybody wanted to get a little bit of it, and now it's gotten so big that nobody knows how to get out. So let's let's help them get out of this mess that they've made by demanding that they stop uh, letting them have any access to the funds, especially if we see that they are now that we have evidence that they are tied to the insurrection. Now, of course, being tied to the insurrection with the Kentucky State Legislature is probably going to make them look better. Not to the teachers. Not to the teachers. <laughs> I should laugh, but that is so true. I know. They I know. <laughs> give them a gold-plated AR-15. Teachers need yeah. to know the truth so that they can expect better. Uh, right, wait a minute. Yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. We definitely want uh, to get that out there. You are listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. I'm Gay Adelman. Our guests today are author Chris Toby, author of Kentucky Fried Pensions, and also Dr. Randy Week, a JCPS teacher who is running for his union treasurer position. Well, it has been out there. It's just that now it is coming to a head because of this attack on the Capitol building and the fact that uh, Schwartzman and Blackstone have contributed to so many of these insurgent congressmen and women. Now people are beginning to open their eyes and say, wait a minute, these congressmen and women didn't want to accept the vote. They got elected using how much money and Schwartzman and Blackstone contribute to their PACs and to their con and to Mitch McConnell, for example. And so basically they're underwriting and the overturn of democracy by supporting the very politicians who incited this riot. It could have all been solved 
if President Trump had said one sentence, I lost the election. And so all of these congressmen and women who said, we don't trust the results, we want to have an investigative committee, we question the counting of the Electoral College votes, they are all playing along and getting campaign contributions from a bunch of these businesses like Schwartzman, that now people are rising up and saying, listen, you can't go inside the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate and bust the windows and kill uh, officers with a fire extinguisher and expect us to vote for you again. How did you get elected? Well, you've used a lot of money for your campaigns from Stephen Schwartzman. So that's the connection here. And Schwartzman yeah, no, gets... We are picking up a little momentum in this. The, the treasurer of Illinois has gotten on board. The former treasurer of Pennsylvania, who got beat by these guys, is still kind of on the way out. He's still saying some stuff. And, of course, the, the 11 New York Assembly people who have assigned the letter there. So it may not go anywhere in Kentucky, but it should be something that people are aware of. I don't know how we make a direct, direct tie to the – I mean, it's just that – he is supporting the secrecy that's supporting this system. And, you know, Brandy said it pretty much best. I don't know how best to better to say it, but, you know, that's pretty much it. I don't have any smoking gun with Brent's, I don't, Brent's, you know, Cayman Island account number on it. You know, I, that's, you know. Right. And, now, and it may not be that he's personally benefiting. He just likes to, to yield the power, to wield the power, I should say, because he gets to decide whose campaign funds will be receiving these monies and the, the PACs uh, that, that support candidates such as Mitch McConnell. I mean, people keep asking, how does Mitch McConnell keep getting elected? And I think this, there's a clue in this story right here. Well, his, his largest single contributor over the past 10 years has been Stephen Schwartzman, five million, yeah. That's been that documented. That was in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Mitch is, Mitch's largest contributor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, he's so you but, but, he, but he's he's such a big player. He's probably a large he's a large contributor to a lot of other places too. Absolutely. Um, and then there's yes, Mitch McConnell campaigns that you don't see him funding because it's been sent three different places before it gets there. All of this money though is being uh I should say much of this money that is dark money is being siphoned off of these pension funds in one way or another and directed to these accounts. Uh, yeah. and, and that's not even a guess, right? Like that's, that's not even a secret. Well, I mean, they'll, they'll, the they'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, no, that's not true. You can't prove it because all everything's secret. <laughs> but it makes it's, sense. I mean, there's, it, it's hard to prove it. We've dark we, money. proven at some levels that like governors associations or whatever have taken the kickbacks. But the real dark, dark money, you can't prove it. So how much... Do we know Blackstone is involved in the pensions? Blackstone alone is getting how much from the pensions every year? Well, we don't we don't really know because they don't they don't disclose the fees exactly. I mean, they, they disclose parts of them. Maybe they admit to making 20, 20 or thirty million a year or forty million a year, but I think it's close closer to a hundred. But you, you can't really know because it's all secret. It's all in secret, no bid contracts. And then they take it out and they, you wouldn't know how much they took out anyhow, because there's no accountability. There's no, you don't get to see the books. It's all in the Caymans. 
and you don't get to see that they have 25% invested in Blackstone at private equity either. You can't even see like percentages, what's invested in what. Well, you can see the percentages of what they say it is. You can see that the, the Blackstone part, partnership four or five is, is valued at 30 million or whatever on the books, but there's nothing beyond that. I mean, it's everything they, in the, in the value itself. You don't know that how real that is because they made it up themselves. Blackstone but, made it up. Yeah, Blackstone makes up their own prices, so you do but, know something. But if teachers knew that this group that's tied to the insurrection had millions of dollars invested in Blackstone private equity, they could demand to divest from these entities, could they not? They, they certainly yeah, could they should, demand yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And is that what your lawsuit attempted to do, Randy? No, it was transparency. I wanted them to open the books on the secret contracts. And Bo Barnes, who's counsel for TRS, said, we can't do that. We have um, secret, con we have agreements that uh, prevent us from revealing what is known as proprietary information. And if that proprietary secret sauce were revealed to the public, we would not be able to make any more profit. And Brent, went along with that in that action letter, that orange action letter. He said, we support uh, secrecy. We block transparency. So yeah. there's some reason he has blocked exposure of those secret agreements, the fee structure and all of that money and what's going everywhere, slish, swish swashing all around. So, um in a nutshell, what I want to think, what I think I hear is, first we asked them to be transparent. They said no, and they kept doing whatever they're doing. And now we found out that they're tied to the insurrection. So the first strike was they wouldn't be transparent and we let them keep doing it anyway. But now that we know they're also tied to the insurrection, this should be enough for them to just completely divest from them once and for all. You got it. We're, we're trying to mobilize JCPS or JCTA members because they have an election coming up and their president. Well, here, here's, here's what we need. Yvonne, listen. I'm listening. We need, we need somebody at the Courier to pick up on this insurrection stuff because nobody believes anything unless it's in the damn paper. And we can't get the newspaper to write anything about this stuff. Randy mentioned uh, the secrecy. So I'm sharing another document now. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can zoom in on that. Randy, tell us what we're looking for. Very bottom, the last right? paragraph, it's where Brent defends this uh, injustice. There's grown more than for fortunately successful lobbying. Um, You're kind uh, of breaking We need to make private equity decisions. Set, I'm just reading from the last paragraph. No business would be willing to share us with me to make private equity decisions if the business knew this information would be made public. That is a smoking gun. And all the private money, that's JCTA. That goes against the interests of the members. We should be allowed, since it's public money, we should be allowed to know how that public money is being invested and charged fees. Well, no, here's, here's the important part. Senate Bill 2 was passed, or okay. most of it was passed, yeah. and, and teacher TRS still violates the law that, blatantly, and they don't care about the state law. 
they're going to still keep secret. They think it's more important to protect Brent's friends of Wall Street than it is to follow Kentucky state law. Wow. So they've made, they've made that decision. And that's what the attorney, the auditor wrote them up in 2019 on that. The state attorney general's case in July involves this issue. So they're pretty much on the wrong end of this. I mean, for, for, a, long, for a long time. And the fact is, a lot of times these private equity people do want things kept secret because they are taking illegal fees. They are breaking state fiduciary laws. They do require secrecy because they would be, you know, uh, under SEC violations if they, if, they, if they got out what they were doing. Well, not just also, that. Not just that. What would members say if they knew about 2 and 20? That they take 2% off the top no matter how badly they crash and burn, they're well, going they, they, to percent private hedge funds will crash and burn. Private equity doesn't crash and burn because they they keep the they it, even if it does crash and burn, they keep the values up so that the two the two of the two and twenty is bigger, and the twenty is bigger. They make up the numbers anyhow. So you so see what always, I'm saying? If they knew how many millions were going out the door in two and twenty. The members would revolt. Well, I don't know. I don't think they care. I don't know. I've written entire books about it. And they don't seem nobody's to watching, and Brent knows it. Okay, they don't That's care. Right. He's got all those too complicated. They don't now. care. See, something happened on March thirteenth of two thousand and twenty. Uh, we had our last day of school, so the pandemic, everything changed pandemic-wise. But also, Breonna Taylor was killed. Right, that was the same day Breonna Taylor was killed, and the music stopped. LMPD got caught with their hands in the cookie jar left and right, and their, their, their world is starting to unravel, and, and they can't keep these facades up any longer. And the thing is, is it's also different in JCPS. We just haven't, the other shoe hasn't dropped yet because we're still focused on LMPD. But Brianna Taylor graduated from JCPS. She's one of our students, and we're, we're silent. We're using the same strategy with the tax increase we're using with Breonna Taylor, and that is to remain silent and hope nobody notices what we're up to. And with this election right upon us, people are starting to pay attention. The, the turnout from November until last week doubled on the BSK election. They had a BSK election with 518 members voting. We started talking and talking and talking and bringing people's attention to a few items, and we're continuing to do that today. This is why I wanted to get you guys uh, a fresh recording uh, because now people are paying attention, and I think we can break it down and help people understand how this is tied to union leadership and why it's imperative that we have to, to break uh, the union away from the, the entrenched uh, leaders who have a vested interest in keeping things secret. I want to just make sure that, that I repeat something that I heard you say that I want to say back and make sure I understood it correctly, and that yeah. is what I have on the screen here is an action newsletter from, from February of 2016, right? This is when Brent tried to tell his members the Senate Bill 2 would be bad, right? He tried to say this would be bad. It would, it would force them to have to show their hand, and we don't want that. We want everything to stay a secret, right? Correct. So far so good? So far, yes. And Chris just said it passed anyway, and, that, and they're just not following it. Is that also accurate? Correct. Wow. And we have an we have an audit we have an audit and the attorney general's lawsuit saying that, but you know they don't they don't care. 
Well, in the actual le action letter, it says lobbying by, of, by KTRS, JCTA, and KEA led to revisions they got by weakened. the bill. They did weaken it. They weakened it. The association then uh, appreciates Senator Bowen weakening the bill so that it wouldn't be transparent. And then in another year, they weakened it. They've weakened it a second time in 2019, taking away some fiduciary standards. So they've been working to weaken it. But, it, but it, during the entire time, they have still violated the uh, uh, posting the contracts on the web, transparency requirements, and posting the full fees. So they have been violating that the entire period. They haven't been able to lobby that one away yet. But that's what uh, they still, but they don't, you know, uh, KTRs, JTA, they don't, they don't care. I mean, you know, they're just going to, they'll break the law because they must, I mean, you know, you, you don't, we can't prove that they're making a lot of money off of this, but why would they go through all this trouble <laughs> and break the law to do this? So. If there's no money in it, exactly. Yeah. And to keep Brooke, it so from just being heard, we just want to be heard. Yeah. I think members are paying attention. And okay, well, no, I mean, people are, people are at home now. They're, they've got some time. I just want to get that acre letter around, spread it around to some of your so, uh, gay, maybe some of your social justice friends can take a look at that because they've got to respect that acre. I mean, it's got all the right type of groups that they like, talks their language. It's not my language, but it's their language. Why this thing's bad. And maybe that would be the best thing you could do is spread it to kind of the social justice people. And then I can explain the issue further, but this is, this is a good way to introduce them in, bring them into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Randy, I wanted to get you to kind of recap something that I keep hearing a lot of people talking about, and that is when right, right after Brent became president in 2001, which by the way, you, the pensions were all flush with cash at the time. They were overfunded at the time. He was instrumental in removing term limits. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the timing when that happened and also uh, what he was telling people about going back to the classroom at the time. Well, uh, around 2001, um, Brent, as president of JCTA, uh, engineered in the bylaws revision the elimination of term limits. Normally, JCTA had term limits of two years and two terms, and presidents such as Laura Kirchner, who preceded Brent McKim, were subject to those term limits. And then when Brent came in and, and was able to get people favorable to him and his agenda onto the board of directors, they engineered the elimination of term limits and the extension to a three-year uh, term in office, uh, each presidential um, um, term in office to three years. Now, Brent said at the time, well, this is only going to be six years, two terms, and I'll be out, and I'll head back to the classroom. And that was what the understanding was, and that's why the board, obviously, um, people that he had become friendly with of, agreed to that. But it, after six years, which would have been somewhere around 2006, 2007, uh, that agreement uh, was not kept. And so he's been there ever since. And the term limits have never been reinstituted. And Brent has never gone back to the classroom, as was originally agreed. This is something that has led to um, uh, a 
JCTA no longer being a democratic organization. It is very difficult for anybody to question JCTA when friendly members surround a president who has now been in there for 20 years. Uh, parallel is um, the president of Uganda being opposed by Bobby Wine in this recent uh, election. Vasemini, I believe Vasemini is his name. He's been in there 36 years, challenged by Bobby Wine, and now they've got Bobby Wine in house arrest. So basically, uh, Brent is in a fortress, and uh, he did not honor any sort of agreement that two terms, such as Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, any president since Franklin Roosevelt, has been forced to respect our own union has become so undemocratic that we've had a, basically a president for life. And now he seems to be quite arrogant in saying, well, one more term, uh, three more years, and I will step aside. And then he has many of his minions saying, oh, we can't imagine JCTA without Brent. And they pop up out of the woodwork and they say, oh, my goodness, you've been so good to us, Brent. It's almost as if these people are suffering from the Stockholm Syndrome. They're sympathizing with someone who has taken away democracy from Jefferson County Teachers Association. It's sad. So um, your, your comment brought up a few things that I wanna pursue. Uh, one of the things I keep hearing which I think is just gaslighting, and that is, oh, things are too critical now, especially with the supermajority, super duper majority, Republican House and Senate, and uh, you know all the all the turmoil and crisis and the, all the bills. Now would be a terrible, terrible time to lose our experienced leader, but he was supposed to only be in office for two terms. At least that was the promise that I heard you say he made. And so what's to make us think that he wasn't using that argument then? It's too important, it's too important. And what's to make us think that it won't even be more important three years from now, although he's now saying he's gonna step aside, but why hasn't he been grooming people all along? It really feels like these are just delay, delay, delay tactics. And here we are on Martin Luther King Day holiday, celebrating uh, a, a leader who said quite plainly that justice delayed is justice denied and and for any of us to sit back and not recognize that him not giving up his seat right now because it's so important that we have experienced leaders uh is delaying justice once again which therefore is denying justice well i think you have to ask the question also is he such a good leader given that on his watch our pension system has gone from somewhere around 93, 94% funded down to 40% funded. If he were such a good deal maker and such a fine politician and wheeler dealer, our pension long ago would have been defended. No, on the contrary, I think we have a very weak leader and someone who has cut too many deals behind the scenes which have resulted in our pension simply tanking. We have the worst funded teacher pension, the lowest funded in the country. And there does not seem to be any move by the legislature to honor 
the actuarially required contribution is established by Kavanaugh McDonald, which is something like $2 billion a year for the foreseeable future to repair the damage done by the years, decades of underfunding on Brent McKim's watch. Is that really good leadership? I don't think so. The thing about the supermajority, they had a supermajority in both houses two years ago. So the fact that they have a supermajority now, politically, nothing has changed. In fact, you got a few more Republicans, they had enough to do whatever they wanted before. It's worse now, perhaps because we needed a stronger leader last election cycle. Exactly. Maybe, the, yeah, maybe we wouldn't have lost even more seats. That's a possibility. So, so they sense the weakness. The pack is where all the money is being spent on supporting or staying silent in some cases or, or endorsing McConnell three, three times removed so you don't actually see that teacher's money is going to McConnell, but it kind of is because Blackstone's sending it to McConnell and we know that they're, they're getting millions of dollars, right? But um, yep. it's also possible that Brent is actually really, really, really good at his job because all of this has been by design. There's a lot of parallels between the elections and keeping things secret and manufacturing, uh, propping up information to show what you want it to show, whether it's the elections or the pension. There's a lot of parallels. And I hope that when, teachers are paying attention and asking the right questions. When the teachers hang together, when they unify, as we did, uh, in 2018 with the sick outs, which were not supported by JCTA, which Kentucky 120 wavered on. It was basically um, Dear JCPS and the Teachers Retirement Legal Fund and Will JCPS Have School, those rogue groups, as they were classed by JCPS leads. And then he's yes, these rogue groups. Yeah. But these... as um, these groups that sprang up because JCTA wouldn't do anything, and in fact, created rogue groups, we actually wielded a great deal of influence in Frankfurt that year because the less, as you've seen in the Pension Gamble, the Emmy-nominated documentary, they had never seen that many teachers all at once angry on the steps of the state capitol during sick outs, and then they tried to take revenge and threatened to fire us, and Wayne Lewis, who was education commissioner at the time, was going to make a list of the teachers and demanded from uh, JCPS those teachers that had called in on that day that was uh, one of the days of demonstration in Frankfurt, one of the sick out days, and they were going to pursue them uh, legally. Well, they did not do that. They backed off of that, and they backed off of the sewer bill, which was that midnight attempt to undercut the teacher's pension by taking a sewer bill and putting in pension wherever the word sewer showed up. Teachers rose up. They hung together. They did not have the leadership of Brent McKim and KEA until afterwards. And later on, they tried to take credit for that. No, these were rogue leaders that stood up and said, we're not gonna take this kind of um, decimation of the teacher's pension. And they had to back off that sewer bill. And PBS Frontline came down here and documented all of that. And it's in the pension gamble. Everyone should look at that, it's very instructive. You've been watching Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. We've had several guests on our program today. Uh, Dr. Randy Week, 
is a teacher, a social studies, U.S. social studies or history teacher. Let me make sure I get that right. Social studies, U.S. history at DuPont Manual. Manual. And he is also a candidate for JCTA. He's running for the treasurer position. And the elections begin on January 27th and run through February 3rd. So be sure and tell all of the teachers that you know that we need to be demanding transparency for uh, our pensions and our uh, union elections and uh, member communication. We wanna see a return to a democratic process with res restoration of term limits and uh, members voting on who the, who the PAC, the Political Action Committee is going to be endorsing. And so Randy is uh, running for treasurer with, uh, along that platform. And he is also endorsed by the Coalition for the People's Agenda Education Committee. So uh, he also shares the vision uh, of that organization, of our organization that we're affiliated with. We're part of, your JCPS is part of that coalition. Um, and uh, that includes also uh, uh, racial justice for our students and our teachers, and also uh, the fully funding of the pensions, including new hires. We don't wanna let new hires fall off the map, but also the, uh, the, the earn the people's vote, the acronym E-A-R-N has been something that the people's agenda has been pursuing since before the tax increase. We also had Chris Toby on our program. Chris is the author of Kentucky Fried Pensions. There is an updated version of his book. Please go check it out. You can get it on Amazon. Well, and Randy, I wanna acknowledge what you're doing. You are a white man who is using your privilege and your voice and taking risks, you're taking risks. And I would like to see more white men doing what you're doing. I wanna just acknowledge that. You and Chris, both. It would be nice if some of the teachers of the year, and there are several of them, would step up at this time and use some of that respect that they've earned to really fight for some of the things the teachers need one of those, of course, is their retirement. Once they've finished giving their heart and soul to this profession, they should be treated in their later years with dignity. But it will only happen when people, influential people, such as Teachers of the Year, for example, step up and help with the fight. I agree. 